previously on the Social Proof Podcast. Did you create your did you create your own recipes? Yeah. Everything. You're not a chef, though. I'm not a chef. You said you cook okay, but your food is amazing. Well, thank you. Um, the secret is in the sauce, right? The the menu, the concepts, everything was me. I, you know, I was in the house and I was just coming up with all the stuff. And I would call my friends like, what do you think about this? Do you like this? And they're like, oh, yeah, I like that. No, I don't like that. And they would give me honest feedback. And I was still working at the time. At this time, I'm making like $5,000 a week, so I'm doing good. Um, so when I opened up the first week, I had like four people coming. I'm like, dang. Like, I can't, this can't be no failure. Like, what's going on? <laughs> um, but I didn't tell anybody. I didn't put it on Instagram. I didn't put it nowhere. I just turned on the delivery apps. And- so real quick, it's uh, the shared kitchen mm-hmm. in this business model. It's a shared kitchen, and you can do DoorDash and all that stuff out of the shared kitchen. So yep. you don't need a restaurant to no. get on DoorDash. I was the first person to actually do that. They weren't even familiar. It, L.A. was already hip to it. But when I'm in Atlanta, when I was in Atlanta, they never heard about it. So I introduced it to them and it was like, okay, we could try it out. And I did it. Um, And the second week, there was like 50 people. And the third week, it was like 100 people. So then I created an Instagram page and people started DMing their orders. And I'm like, oh, they coming. So at the time, I was only taking cash and I was just making so much money. And I'm like... I know somebody's stealing. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. It was just so much money. But so many people started coming that the the owners of the facility said, okay, all right, this is getting out of hand. The tenants aren't able to do their work. So we're going to have to put you out of the kitchen. But if you get a food truck, then you can go into the parking lot and you can sell out the food truck. So again, I didn't know anything about food trucks. I didn't know anything about that. But I went to a place called Mr. V's in Atlanta. He's well known for like Mm -hmm. restaurant equipment. And I'm like, hey, I need a food truck. He was like, we just worked on our first one for the first time. You can have it. And he was like, it's $45,000. You got to put $10,000 down. Every single week, y'all pay me $3,000. And I did that. It was like a lemon. But (laughs) the point of the matter is it made me a lot of money. So I got the food truck. Hold on real quick, though, because (laughs) were you cooking the food? Yes. I was. It was three of us at the time. I had a cashier. I was in the kitchen. And then I hired like a pseudo chef. He wasn't a chef either. Um, But we were just preparing the food. And all the sauces, you just... Put it together. Everything. Yeah, oh, let's need a little more. Everything. Everything. And the next thing I know, I had this food truck and I had about three to 500 people every single day standing in line to patronize this little food truck right here in the parking lot of a shared kitchen. And the rest is history. I don't hear the genius marketing strategy and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. Is it just the, like the food's amazing? You eat it once or like just for the, somebody that's... Building a restaurant right now, and they're having a hard time because it seems like you turn it on, people eat, and more people eat next week, and then the next week. But it had nothing to do with the food, right? It still doesn't have anything to do with food. Tell me, tell me this. What song. it is is I created an experience that made you want more. I gave it to you when I wanted to give it to you. So I would do pop ups, random secret pop ups, and I would post it on my Instagram three hours before, hey, we're going to be in Decatur in three hours. And everybody would swarm and run up. Hey, we're about to be in Stone Mountain. So we we weren't so predictable. And sometimes when you're not predict- predictable, people want you more. It's like a relationship, right? Like, leave something to the imagination. And we did that. And we treated it like that. We didn't, we weren't consistent with that piece of it. We just 
gave it to you. And if you wanted it, you came and got it. Um, and then we created an experience, right? So I always tell people that when people come to study vegan, you don't come for the food. You come for the experience and then you leave with the food. Mm. And oftentimes people want to sell products. Products is not what's going to get you to the next level. It's the experience and a story that's going to get you to the next level. So what is the story here? The story is there's a girl from East Baltimore that created a concept that makes people feel good like they're going to Six Flags Adventure World Hershey Park. And it's a fun family reunion style vibe. And we ain't talking about food because guess what? We're going to get you later with the food. But we're going to psychologically brain fuck you. Excuse my language. But when we do that, we, we make you feel so good that you don't even realize that we taught you about veganism and how to reimagine food. And by the time you finish eating it, you're like, damn, I can eat that again. That is the formula. Mm. That's exactly what it is. And, and, and I'll give you some examples of other companies that do it. Coca-Cola does it. Pepsi does it. They don't sell products. They sell experience, right? Which is why when you see their commercials, they're sell, they're, you, you see them on the beach. You see them with their best friend. They put names on the cans because they want it to be an intimate connection. And what I did is I researched them and I put my own spin to it, married with my professional producer experience and... It was just a recipe for success. Goodness gracious. And I know that it was like the first few months, like your first few months of building it. I, I think I seen somewhere you did like, I don't know, it's like $4 million, something crazy your first yeah. few months, first year, something like that. What was that? Yeah, you're right. My first year. First year. I did four. A little four over four. Million. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing a lot more than that now. I bet. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, and, and it's a blessing because this is burgers and fries and pies, right? But again, Slutty Vegan is an anomaly because it's not just about food. It's about the experience. It's about the community work that we do. It's about how we give back to the community. It's about the nonprofit organization. It's about how we are a good representation of Black excellence, how we are breaking down all barriers and we're redefining all narratives. People think Black-owned businesses aren't organized. They're not clean. Oh, my restaurant is always clean, right? We make sure my books are always tight and clean, right? Like, so we're showing you that, like, no, this is not just a Black-owned business. This is a business that's successful, that's that's continuing to grow and bringing the community with it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a part of the reason why we're able to succeed. And we're intentional, yeah, right? Sure. Um, so when you talk about intention, like, I, like I'm very strategic on where I put my locations, right? In the, in the heart of gentrification. I want to have Slutty Vegan as a staple, going places where developers don't think it's so attractive because we're going to raise the property value up in the neighborhood. So it's little things and nuances like that that really set the business apart that's beyond burgers and fries. But that's also important because I want people who look like us to understand that, like, you can have options. I'm not telling you that you got to be vegan, right? You can be a flexitarian. You can eat beef. Hell, I don't care. But when you come to Slutty Vegan, Vegan, replace one item with something. And I know that you'll come back to Slutty Vegan or you'll actually go to another vegan restaurant and try some other options. For sure. And I, I thought it was just so dope, just the way you go about it, because there are people who aren't, and it goes to the experience, people who aren't vegan that come to Slutty Vegan, not because they want a vegan burger. Yeah. It's like, yo, I need the experience. I want to see what it's like, the curiosity. Yeah. And the one thing I thought was so genius, <laughs> I was literally having a whole argument with, uh, with my friends about you. And because you had like the two burger minimum, mm-hmm. right? And it was like, yo, they do the two burger minimum because they don't want to run out. And I was like, I don't think that's no, the that's case. No, that's not true. <laughs> I, if I'm going to get burgers and fries, I'm going to order a burger and fries. Mm-hmm. But because the, it's a two burger minimum, it's I gonna, get two burgers. It's going to make you want it, right? Listen, when you... T- 
It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Tell grown people something that they can't do, they're going to want it anyway. That's the shit. I'm giving all the free smoke, right? So if I tell you, you can only have two and you're 50 years old and you're telling me what I can have, (laughs) you're going to get it just because somebody tried to limit you because we don't like to be limited. So Mm. now... On average, every single person that stands in line on average buys two burgers, right? And then if they beg, like, please, can I get more? Okay, we'll make the exception. We really will give it to you, right? Right, But, like, we'll make the exception. And then it makes you feel special, right? It makes you feel like, damn, like, I could get more than two burgers, right? (laughs) This is grown people. But 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 it's all a formula, and the formula has always worked. It's sometimes in life, right, you don't have to give everything at one time. Give it in phases. Give it in pieces. Give You create your own narrative. Give the people what you want to give the people. And when you create your own narrative, people will oblige by that and they, they will want to be a part of it. And, and we're authentic with it. Like, nothing that we do is fake, right? Nothing is for... Like, if anybody knows me, how I'm talking to you, this is me all the time, mm-hmm. right? Like, organic, authentic, and that translates to my business. When you walk in the door and my employees scream at you and they hug yeah. and loving on <laughs> you. like sluts and burgers yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> yes, but it's a beautiful violation, yeah, right? Right, But right. it has nothing to do with sex. It's really redefining words, uh, you know, redefining power to words and just showing people that, like, it, it, it can be raunchy and racy and still sophisticated and you can still learn along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with with the, the, the meteoric rise mm-hmm. of Slutty Vegan, what has been some of the challenges? Because, I mean, something growing that fat. And that's why I was saying um, before this, I was so impressed with you because when I met you, when you spoke at the event, Slutty Vegan was kind of new. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you've continued to grow year after year, like it wasn't it wasn't a trend or a fad, mm-hmm. right? So you having that, that just quick rise, what were some of the challenges and how did you start to manage that? Um, well, obviously any business is going to go through some tribulations, right? We just make it look good, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the biggest things is just finding the right team, right? Um, when I first started Study Vegan, I found all my employees off Instagram. <laughs> really? And I'm like, well, maybe that's not 
not the best girl to do that. Um, but yeah, but I mean, some of it worked, right? Mm-hmm. Because I got people that are still with my company that have been with me since day one. Um, but 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 just finding the right people that 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 are in alignment with what you believe in, that are visionaries like you. And that is probably one of the biggest lessons that I've learned. Um, you can't work for me if you just want a paycheck. Like, it, it, it don't work. Right. Because I don't work for money. Mm-hmm. And if you work for money, then we're not on the same page. How do, OK, I, I, I got to ask this, too, because I have a kind of like a, a kiosk in a mall in the mall or in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's only so much you can pay a person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you manage? OK, I'm only going to pay you a certain amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. I, I just you just can't you can't pay somebody six figures to flip burgers. Right. right. How do you find the people who are willing to take a smaller pay, but their output is so great. Like, how do you manage that? Incentivize them. So if you work in my company for at least a year, I give you equity in the company. What? Yep. Um, If you are on the corporate side, you get full life insurance that we pay for. I'm talking about the real kind. Life insurance and full (laughs) benefits, full coverage. Um, So like the real kind, right? So the kind where you can go to the dentist and your copay ain't going to be like $500, right? right? right. Um, And we pay for that. For a small company to do that, it's very impressive because most small companies can't do that. Um, we, we, We give raises. Um, we're necessary. I also pay my crew members tips, right? So um, all the tips that the customers give to them, they keep 100% of their tips. Mm. So you could actually write your own ticket, right? Um, and then we, we have a competitive pay. So when you first come into Slutty Vegan as a crew member, you get $9 plus tips, which is about $12. Mm. And then in three months, you get $12 plus tips, which can equal out to about $15. So the, the 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 friendlier you are, the more customer service, good customer service that you give, you can get tips. And these customers, oh, they tip. They tip a 100%. lot of money, right? Um, and the fact that you are a part of a growing empire, that just speaks for itself. So the in- incentivizing the employees is very important because that's kind of like the only way that you want to keep them, to be honest. And and I've learned, I've learned that the hard way because I didn't always do that in the beginning. But then I said, okay, all right, what I'm going to do? What I'm going to do is give them a piece of my company through phantom equity, right? So as long as you with me and you rock out with me, mm-hmm. if I decide to sell this company, then you're going to walk away with a nice check right. and you ain't got to get another job. And there's an opportunity for you to one day have first rights of refusal to franchise your own slutty vegan when we get to that point. So I bring it back to my point that like, I don't like having people working for me that are working for a paycheck because it's bigger than that. Right. There's people in my company that I promoted three times in one year. But when you make it to the one year mark, I show you that you show show up for me. I'm always going to show up for you. I suck as a leader <laughs> no, and a business don't. owner. My God. No. Who, who? Don't no, hold you on. Don't. You can't go to <laughs> But it ain't always easy because yeah. what I've also learned, you asked me what were some of the tribulations. I've also learned that there were some people that were in my company early on that had a sense of entitlement because they helped to grow the company. And it's like, mm. you owe me. And I owe nobody nothing. Right. right? If, especially if I'm paying you, nobody's doing, you know, volunteer work. But that was kind of one of the hurdles that I had to go through. Like people who showed up and felt like that they needed a bigger piece of the business, but it doesn't work like that, right? Because it came from here. To listen to or watch this full episode, be sure to check out the Social Proof Podcast on your favorite listening platform or on YouTube. Finally, you asked for it and we created a Patreon, okay? We created an inner circle, We have amazing stories, amazing information, how-tos from the episodes. The only thing we're missing is a community. So it's about that time. We put together our Patreon. We put together a community because we have to have conversation around the information. So even this podcast we're listening to right now, 
there needs to be conversation. I want to hear what you got. I want to hear what you got. Like, let's throw some stuff back and forth. And because we're a like-minded, we're all going in the same direction, when we connect, connect in the community, we can connect on other stuff outside the community because we're building real relationships, okay? So... Check out the Patreon. We got three tiers. I don't care what tier you join. Um, the support is um, the support is appreciated. What if I told you for one dollar I will introduce you to hundreds of entrepreneurs every single morning this week from all across the country? You'll be able to talk to hundreds of entrepreneurs, and I'll coach you. I'll coach you for a dollar this whole week, and I'll introduce you to some of my successful friends for a dollar this week. Would you? Would you take part in that? Well, go to themorningmeetup.com because that's exactly what we're doing here, okay? The only organization that gathers entrepreneurs every single day for the betterment of entrepreneurship, okay? Every single day, Monday through Friday, we gather, we're growing, we're learning. We got a book club. Have you ever seen hundreds of entrepreneurs reading the same book? Every single chapter, every single day, we're growing together, okay? You need the environment to grow in. Themorningmeetup.com, a dollar. I'm gonna give you all this for a dollar. If you wanna stay, Great. It's $79 a month after that. If not, no obligation. You can leave whenever you want. All right? TheMorningMeetup.com. I'll see you in the morning. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.